You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. Stephen Simcox here with you, host of Locked On Horn Frogs and also producer at 1660 ESPN Central Texas. Appreciate you joining me. Uh, whether you're listening this morning, afternoon, or evening, I'm recording this late Thursday night. Actually, I just got done producing a Temple football game, high school football game for Temple where Quentin Johnston played his high school ball. So sort of a homecoming this weekend for Quentin. Hope he plays really well uh, as he'll be playing about 40 minutes from his hometown on Saturday at 2.30 when the Frogs travel down to take on Baylor. This is a a pretty pivotal game as we've talked about this week. Um, Got some TCU news off the top today. Earlier found out that Tavalence Hunt is entering the transfer portal. Uh, That comes from Chris Hummer from uh, 247 Sports. And I can't say I'm shocked by this news. I mean, Hunt is a is a good player. I think I had high expectations for him. I was really hoping he would break through this season. It just hasn't happened. Uh, he had that huge catch against Baylor last year in overtime to keep that game going on fourth and ten. The touchdown where he was able to get his hand down. He had another good game uh, a couple of years ago as K-State. I remember him having some big catches in that 14-13 to 13 win. I believe he had a touchdown catch against KU last year or a, a deep catch that, you know, put them in position to score one of the two. But anyway, those those flashes have just been few and far between. And maybe he ends up somewhere else and really plays well. Um, that's certainly possible. But he wasn't seeing the field at TCU for, for whatever reason. That's now three wide receivers that have uh, entered the transfer portal so far this season. And anytime you have a number like that, I think it's um, – natural to say well is that a concerning deal what's going on I'm not really sure if it is I mean they're the guys that left are not big contributors on the field now if they go somewhere else and Tavalen Hunt I think it's a, a person that would fit this mold if they end up somewhere else and start balling out then yeah you have to wonder well were, were we using them correctly in this offense in the system and I think that's a fair question given how this offense has misused some wide receivers in the past but I mean, for now, they're, they're guys that it, it didn't seem to be clicking in Fort Worth. They're going to try to move on and get an opportunity somewhere else, and Tavalence becomes the latest to do that. Certainly the most high-profile um, of those players, considering who he was and how highly he was recruited, coming out of high school. So he's at least going to test the, the waters and see where he might end up next. But as we look at this Baylor game, you know, I'll be honest, this is the Baylor offense that's really struggling. If TCU cannot find a way to limit big plays against this Baylor team, I think there's some really concerning questions that you have to start asking about this defense because Charlie Brewer has not shown an ability so far in the three games they've played this season to stretch the field and make throws vertically. Aside from doing that a little bit in the Kansas game. Now, Baylor, I think there's a couple ways they can move the ball. Running between the tackles is something they did pretty well against Texas. They didn't commit to it, but can they get Ebner and Lovett going? Um, and also using those running backs in space out of the backfield, Treston Ebner especially. He's a big matchup problem. And I imagine they're going to try to get the ball to those guys because uh, Ebner and Lovett that is since they were rumored to opt out and didn't end up going through with it, but it looked like they might opt out earlier this week and not finish out the season. But this is a game where I just feel like Gary Patterson and this defense have to 
impart their will on this Baylor offense and say, you're not going to be able to dink and duck down the field like you want to, and we're going to shut down these big plays and make something happen. I'm expecting a pretty ugly game. And offensively, I'd just like to see some improvement. I mean, they've been able to, at times, get cooking and score. You saw in the second half against Iowa State. You saw in the first half against Texas. This offensive line can hold up well enough for them to be productive. Can they do it against Baylor? I have some concerns because Baylor's defensive front is not quite what they were last year with Bravion Roy and James Lynch and James Lockhart. But William Bradley King can get after the passer. He's an edge rusher. They also have linebacker Jalen Petrie who can do that. Um, T.J. Franklin has shown some nice things on that defensive line. Terrell Bernard, their middle linebacker, inside linebacker, is an incredible player, and he's probably going to be all over the field on Saturday. But this offense, can you be efficient? Can you find ways to score? Could you get an early lead in one of these games? Could you hop out and get a fast start? Because I think that would be huge for a Baylor team that's really been struggling. This is their first full week of practice in a long time. They had a long layoff before that Texas game because of a COVID outbreak and a postponement against Oklahoma State. So lay the hammer down and get this thing done. If you don't win on Saturday and you're suddenly 1-4, and four, then, man, this, this thing's looking pretty bleak because there's not going to be a lot more winnable games on that schedule. So they, they got to find a way to get a victory. And you know what? If you're going to be a bad football team, at least beat Texas and Baylor, right? Like if – if you're not going to produce a winning record, if you're not going to be a great team, at least beat your rivals. And they were able to get the job done against Texas. They found a way um, to score enough points and play defense well enough to get that thing done, force that fumble uh, against Keontae Ingram at the one-yard line. Find a way to get this done. Get to 2-3 and three and start looking ahead at making this a respectable season. If you fall to 1-4, and four, then, man, it's going to be a, a, a tough a tough go for the rest of the year, obviously. But to me, the keys are defensively, can you suffocate this Baylor offense? This is a game where you need to prove if this is a defense, if this is a TCU defense that can still be elite, if they can get to that level, then they're going to need to start proving that on Saturday because this is a Baylor offense that has not played well, that's really struggling. So don't give up big plays. Don't give up big plays in the running game. Play your gap responsibilities and force them in third and longs. Force Charlie Brewer to try to throw the ball and make plays down the field. And let's see, you know, a, a true Gary Patterson defense that is uh, that's dominant again. Is this the week where this pass rush can get going? Um, Kyrie Coleman's been fantastic. He's flashed a little bit. Can O'Shawn Mathis get to the passer some? This is a really winnable game for TCU. They're going to have to score some points. And this Baylor defense is good. I mean, I think it's going to be a challenge for TCU's offense to get in a rhythm. But you just got to find a way to do it. They were in a, a slobber knocker with this Baylor team last year and just couldn't score enough points in regulation, couldn't find a way to take a two-score lead and sort of put that game away. And you'd love to see them do that this week in Waco. Coming up on the other side, uh, Jeremy Clark from 247 joined my radio program this afternoon, so you'll hear that as we get you ready for Baylor and TCU. And in the final segment today, we'll uh, look at the rest of the Big 12 matchups and kind of get a primer for that. This is Locked on Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast, part of the Locked on Sports Network, your team every day. 
I tell you guys about Built Bar a couple times a week, and I truly do love those protein bars. And if you've heard of Built Bar, one thing you might not know about is Built Go. It's a it's a solution. It's about 1.5 ounces. There's these little packages, and it's great because you can take it on the go. You can put them in your briefcase. You can put them in your pocket. You can put it in the golf cart if you're going to hit the course. And it's uh, it's basically like an energy shot. It works like five-hour energy, but it's better than five-hour energy because it's all natural. And it's a lot better than the energy drinks that you're going to find at the convenience store. They got some good flavors. Peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate mint are the three delicious flavors they have. Why does Built Go work so well? Well, it combines this energy gel with a protein. And this protein is fast-absorbing. It gets in your system fast, and it's easy on the stomach. It helps you uh, ignite your work. It's got all these great vitamins in it. Um, it promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. Visit BuiltGo.com and use the promo code LOCKED, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, that promo code is LOCKED. For 20% off at BuiltGo.com, let's go. Also, I tell you about it every day. Tomorrow's the big game, 2.30, TCU Baylor. You're going to have some friends over. Maybe you're watching it by yourself. Either way, what are you going to grab when it's time to chill, when it's time to kick back and watch some football? Grab a cold Coors Light. Enjoy some mountain cold refreshment. Coors Light knows that you're go, go, go all the time. And when you get a chance to have some me time, they want you to have that beverage that's made to chill. Coors Light knows that Saturdays are your time to unwind. Watching football is therapeutic. Uh, Coors Light's cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light's the one I choose when I need to unwind, so when you hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill, and you can get Coors Light delivered straight to your door at getcoorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Locked on Horn Frog, segment number two, getting you ready for tomorrow's game against Baylor. Earlier today, Jeremy Clark from 247, he does a great job covering the Horn Frogs. He joined my radio program. Here's that interview as uh, Jeremy previews Baylor and TCU. You know, I look at these two teams, Baylor and TCU, and I kind of, oh, actually, I see a lot of similarities. I see two offenses that are struggling and two teams that have really good defenses, even though I know TCU's defense isn't really playing up to snuff, up to par that Gary Patterson would like them to, to play at, at this point right now. But just when you look at these two teams on paper, when you, you think about this game on Saturday, on Halloween, you think about the, the rivalry between the, the two teams, uh, what, are your, what are your main thoughts when you think about this game? Well, it's a good thing it's being played on Halloween because it could be scary for both teams. I mean, <laughs> like you said, there's there's really no identity for, for either one of these teams right now. Like you said, TCU's defense isn't playing very strong right now. They're giving up way too many big plays offensively. They have just not been able to get things clicking. Uh, first two weeks, they looked great. Scored over uh, 30 points against Iowa State. Scored 33 on the road against Texas. And next thing you know, they go out and score 14 against Kansas State, and then last week, 14 again against Oklahoma. So right now, I think their their offense is really struggling. Offensive line can't block really well. Max Duggan has taken a lot of hits. But, you know, it's it's uh, pretty much a good thing for them to be facing a team like Baylor right now because they're going through the same issues. Jeremy, the, the O-line for TCU, is there room? I mean, obviously there's room for improvement, but is that something you see improving, or are they just going to have to live with this uh, all season long? I think it's going to be one of those situations where they're probably going to have to live with it most of the season. They don't really have a lot of experience coming back. They they lost three 
good linemen last year that uh, two of them are in the NFL right now. And, and just overall, they just don't have a lot of guys that have a lot of snaps in between them. So it's, uh, I, I think at this point, you, you from a fan's perspective, they want to see what some of these other younger guys can do. And uh, they, they signed a really good class of 2020 guys and some good guys out of that 2019 class last year. So I'm, I'm kind of betting that they want to see what those guys can do before too long. But right now, the, the biggest the biggest question marks for them is really the tackle play. They they have really struggled giving up sacks. They, they played better against Kansas State, played better against Oklahoma. But it's still a, a very, very big concern for them right now. When you look at the Horn Frogs offensively, Max Duggan, and, and what they've been able to do this season is it the inexperience that keeps rearing its ugly head right now they're just still trying to get comfortable with themselves uh, i think it's a little bit of everything right now they they've got um sort of a new offense that doug meacham's back there he's calling the plays jerry kills there's the offensive head coach he's kind of directing everything and uh the inexperience up front is definitely a big thing as, as anyone knows that watches uh, football, whether it's pro football all the way down to peewee, if you don't have an offensive line, you're not going to get much done on offense. And and really, when you have a quarterback like Duggan that drops back to pass and he's getting hit within the first two or three seconds or getting hurried out of the pocket real quick, you you tend to get away from uh, away from a lot of things that you try to do on offense. And one of the things that if you watch back in 2014 and 2015, especially when Doug was calling the plays before. One thing they love to do was always go downfield. Right now, they don't have the time to go downfield. It's, they, they've hit a couple plays down the sideline here or there, but you know, comparing it back to when Trevon Boykin was throwing to Josh Dotson, I mean, they had all kinds of plays vertically, and, and they were trying to stretch the field, whether it was on the outside or down the seam. But that's one thing that, that they haven't been able to do just because of the offensive line. But Duggan has improved. I know a lot of people have asked me, what I think about him so far, his accuracy has gotten better. Decision-making still a work in progress. He's still a great runner. And the one thing you can't measure, and we always talk about it, is the heart. I mean, he, he is a tremendous uh, competitor, uh, really hard on himself as he gets older. I think he'll get better with that. But uh, as far as where they're at with the quarterback situation, I think they're looking very good. Man, Boykin to, to Dotson. It seems like it was so long ago, huh? Mm-hmm. And, and that's not a dig. It just seems like it was so long ago. But, man, they were they were a dynamic duo, those two guys. And, uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun to watch. Talking right now with Jeremy Clark, hornfrogblitz.com. You can find him on Twitter, at jclarkhfb247. And, Jeremy, uh, sticking on the offensive side of the ball, how about tar- tight end Artavius Lynn out for the season? How big of a loss is that? Man, I hate it for him because he was really starting to come on the last two years. I mean, they, TCU, for whatever reason, they haven't really done a great job of, of involving tight ends. I mean, it's kind of a running joke when uh, I think two or three years ago, even when a, a tight end would catch a pass, everyone would joke, what position is that catching the balls? But he was really coming into his own last year. He, he had 12 catches, I think uh, uh, one touchdown. But against Iowa State this year, he, he had 62 yards. He had a 48-yard touchdown. And uh, he, he's not big as far as a numbers guy. He's never going to be a tight end that was going to go out there and haul in six or seven catches, be like a, a Charlie Kohler type at Iowa State. But he was probably the best guy that they had as far as a mixture of being a, a great pass catcher and a good blocker. Um, Pro Wells is a guy that's more known uh, for his receiving ability. Carter Ware's more known as a blocker. And Artavius was a mixture of both those guys. He he had good strengths uh, catching the ball and blocking. So 
I think it's a pretty big loss for them. Uh, I hate it for him because he's worked so hard to get where he's at. But hopefully with, with this year uh, kind of being a gimme year, he, he kind of sits back and analyzes if he wants to pursue his dream to play in the NFL or wants to come back and give it another shot at TCU. Last year this was a game where uh, O'Shawn Mathis really stood out and, and made some plays. I know this Baylor line is, is trying to figure things out as well. Is, is this a week where you feel like the TCU pass rush could get on track? Man, you hope so. It's because, I mean, they really haven't played good football up to this point. The one player I will say that has impressed me, and, and O'Shawn's, O'Shawn is a, a great talent. Don't get me wrong. He's, he's a big, big kid, 6'5", 245 pounds, has good athleticism. But he really hasn't had the kind of year that we were hoping he was going to have. Last year, Gary talked great about him. We all thought that coming into a sophomore year, he was going to make bigger plays. But the one kid I would watch out for is a true freshman, number 11, Kari Coleman, out of Louisiana. This is a kid that they felt like they got a huge steal. He's not very big. He's only around 6'2", 225, maybe 228. And if this kid was about 6'3", 6'4", 235, 240, he would have he had even more offers. He would probably be playing at LSU right now because – they wouldn't have let him get out of Louisiana. But this kid had 27 sacks as a senior last year in Louisiana and broke a state record, a single-season state record for them down there. But he's he started the last two games for TCU, and he's already, I think, totaled up four-and-a-half tackles for loss. He's got two sacks on the year. He's a, a very fast guy off the edge, so if Baylor's having any kind of issues at tackle where they can't uh, combat very fast defensive ends, Kari could have a pretty good game against him. But like I said, He's still working at uh, utilizing his size. Like he's not he's not very big, so he's got to just utilize really his, his speed and and uh, a little bit of technique right now. But you're right. If if they can't get any kind of pressure on Charlie and and they can't force him into making early decisions, it could be another long day for them defensively. And I think as we look back to why TCU has given up those big plays, it's really because they don't have any kind of pressure from their defensive line right now. I think they only got five sacks on the year, so it's they're they're not playing uh, TCU standards when it comes to getting to the quarterback. When you talk about that, don't you think that Gary Patterson is probably trying to figure out something right now to combat that and and put his players in the best position because he's one of the best at being able to dial up those different things defensively. It may not look normal, but he finds a way to make things happen on the defensive side of the ball. He does, and and. The, the fans, if you ask the fans, they want to blitz every every down ward. I mean, it, it, it's hilarious to, to, to watch those guys get, get mad about it. But Gary's also the type of coach that he's not going to be overly aggressive right now. Uh, he's one of those coaches that feels once you get overly aggressive, you're going to start giving up more big plays. It, I, I felt like if they, if they had stronger play up front, especially on the interior, that they would probably be dialing up more things um, because they've always been successful on the interior of the def- defensive line. So, uh, I don't expect them to show too much in that aspect. What I will say is they'll probably show some more uh, disguises in the defense. They might use a little bit of a, of, of a three-man front instead of the traditional four-man front that they go with. But as far as just him dialing back things and, and sending blitzes from all over the place, you might you might see Garrett Wallow come in from time to time. You might see a strong safety blitz. But we haven't really seen a lot of that this year, and, and, and I don't know if that's just – because of uh, the, the defensive line not being able to rush to the quarterback or get any type of pressure or 
or he just doesn't feel comfortable with his secondary right now. I think it's just a mixture of everything involved. I, I know if, if you ask about the defense, they're, they're really not playing up to expectations right now. Jeremy, what's your gut feeling on this game? It's going to be played at McLean Stadium. It's Halloween. Rivals, uh, both teams struggling. Both need, teams need to pick up a win. Uh, just how do you think this one shakes out on Saturday? Man, I, I'm, I'm thinking 2018, guys. 2018, that 16-9 game. But but the one thing missing from TCU, they don't have Jalen Rager on the field. You know, <laughs> Jalen Rager had that crazy 65-yard pass. That he, he he missed every, every single one of Baylor's defenders on that particular play. Mm-hmm. But I do think they have enough offensive firepower. And, and the thing that get, keeps me optimistic is TCU's played a pretty tough schedule. If you go back and look who they've played, Iowa State. Iowa State's competing for they're, – they're right now in the top three. Kansas State. Who would have thought three months ago that Kansas State would be sitting 4-0 in conference right now? Uh, they played Texas. Love them or hate them. Think they're playing bad. That's still a good win for TCU to go down to Austin and get a win on the road. And, and of course, playing Oklahoma last week. Oklahoma was definitely their, their worst loss of the year. They First time they've lost uh, by double digits since last year to Iowa State. So I, I think – there's enough optimism right now for me, probably not the TCU fans, but for me, I, I feel that they can at least, uh, if they can get things going on the offensive line, I know they're going to be playing a very good defensive line from Baylor. Baylor's had a lot of success getting to the quarterbacks. But if they can give Max any type of protection, maybe even just run block, just just get those running backs going because they've got a stable full of running backs that are very talented. And it sounds cliche, they can't give up the big plays. They gave up so many big plays last week to Oklahoma. They're still making big plays. Marvin Mance was all over the field for them. But if they can go down there do those things, I still think it's going to be a low-scoring game. But I think TCU can come out with a win against the Bears. There you go. Jeremy Clark said it. He thinks the Frogs are going to get the win against Baylor on Saturday. And what he thinks is going to be a pretty ugly game. I agree with him on both fronts. Coming up, we'll preview the Big 12 schedule on the Locked on Horn Frogs podcast. One more segment to go on your Friday. Welcome back to Locked on Horn Frogs. One final segment for the week. Don't forget you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to your podcast. I'd appreciate it if you'd subscribe. And the great thing about that is I try to post these every morning at 6 a.m. so you can wake up and it's right there on your phone as you're driving to work, if you go for a walk, if you work out in the mornings. You can listen. Uh, if you if you listen to podcasts when you work out, I think my podcast <laughs> is really high energy and it's something you should listen to when you're getting yoked and lifting weights or hitting the treadmill. Um, also, if you're so inclined, I'd love it if you'd uh, review me on Apple Podcasts. Give me five stars. Um, tell me how much how great I am and how much you love the podcast. So it's not just my mom that gave me five stars on the pod because I think she might be one of the few that's done that so far. And obviously. You know, the good old-fashioned way you can just tell your friends, tell your family if you like what you hear and encourage them to uh, to give me a chance as well. Let's take a look at the Big 12 schedule before we close up shop for the week. Again, CCU and Baylor at 2.30. That's going to be on ESPN2 on Saturday. Kansas State and West Virginia. That game's at 11 a.m. on ESPN2 as well. And this is a pretty intriguing game for me. It's in Morgantown. You know, I thought West Virginia might be sort of a an under-the-radar team. They played Oklahoma State well. They had a win against KU and Baylor. Obviously, those teams are struggling, Kansas especially. 
But they go into Tech, and they get beat by the Red Raiders. Now, Henry Columbia is a new quarterback for Texas Tech, and that seems to have improved their offense. But I was surprised that uh, that they got the victory there. I know Jared Dagey is not a great quarterback, but the West Virginia offense moved pretty efficiently, and they have a really dominant defensive front. So I'm sort of torn here because one part of me thinks at some point the fact that K-State has a true freshman quarterback in there and they lost Skylar Thompson is going to catch up with them. But they're 2-0. and They beat TCU. They throttled Kansas. Is this a game where they could have issues because of, you know, Darius Stills and the West Virginia front four and their ability to get after the quarterback? I think it's close, but I feel like K-State probably pulls this thing off again. And, man, I can't say enough about the job Chris Kleiman's doing. There's been some adversity there. They dropped that opener to Arkansas State. But they've completely turned things around. They're playing good defense. Deuce Vaughn, if you haven't got to see him much, and I know, if, obviously, if you're listening to this, you probably saw him against TCU. But 5'5", he's almost a Darren Sproles clone, except seems more built coming into college. Uh, just a, a great player and a fun guy to watch. So he's somebody to tune into at 11 a.m. on Saturday if you haven't had a chance to really watch him. Oklahoma and Texas Tech also getting things going this weekend. Man, OU impressed me last week. I I really thought TCU would keep that game more competitive. Obviously, the Frogs didn't play well, but I feel like Spencer Rattler is starting to get in a rhythm. Marvin Mims is a monster, the freshman from Frisco Lone Star. He went up and and mossed TCU a couple times on Saturday. And that Oklahoma pass rush, their ability to get after the passer is impressive. Um, we'll see. You know, TCU has had their struggles on offense. Can Texas Tech do a better job against an OU defense that seems to be getting in a rhythm in year two under Alex Grinch? But obviously I like Tech in the game. The spread's here 14, is 14 and a half. I feel like Oklahoma's going to – excuse me, I think I said I like Tech. I like OU in this game. It's late at night. Give me some grace. I'm sorry. I like OU in this game. The spreads OU by 14 and a half. I feel like they probably cover that. I think it's a game for a little while. It's a night game in Lubbock. But with 50% capacity, I just feel like even with all the weird things that happen in Lubbock, Texas, there's less potential for upsets and just, you know, great atmospheres when uh, when you can't fill up the stadium. So o- OU over Tech, I-, I think that's a pretty solid pick there. Iowa State and Kansas. I mean, there's not much to say about KU. They're just—they're not a good football team. They're 0-5. They don't look competitive. They got a true freshman starting at quarterback in Jalen Daniels, who I think shows some nice things, but it's just not there for him. Puka Williams, their best player, opted out. Um, Iowa State rolls coming off a loss to Oklahoma State. I think that's a, a pretty safe bet. And the big game in the Big 12 on Saturday is Oklahoma State and Texas. The Pokes have looked really impressive. Obviously, they haven't been tested too much. Um, Texas is coming off a win against Baylor. And these two teams just always play crazy games. For the longest time, Oklahoma State had Texas' number. Texas has climbed back in a little bit in the past few years. But should be a fun one. I think Oklahoma State takes care of business against a Texas team that even though they got that win against Baylor, they're still reeling a little bit. Um, in my final prediction for TCU Baylor, I think the Frogs get it done. I don't feel super confident about it just because the way this offense is playing, I don't feel like you can go into, into any game feeling great about things. But I think the defense does a really good job. I feel like they assert their will 
on a Baylor offense that's struggling. And the Frogs pull one out, a close one. Close one, 16-14. A, a, a Griffin kill field goal makes a difference in this one. And TCU gets to 2-3 and three on the season. And we can finally start talking about some happier things on this podcast. I feel like this podcast has been pretty negative. I'm not a negative person, people. I mean, that's not me. I'm, I'm optimistic. I, I want to be optimistic. I want to have some fun. I want to talk about some wins. And I think we'll have a chance to do that coming up on Monday. Thank you for listening to Locked on Horn Frogs today. Thank you for listening this week. I'll talk to you Monday, win or lose, rain or shine. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, this is Locked On Horn Frogs, your team every day.